Were you the guy? Were you at St. Anne's Feast last year in Hoboken? Yes, I asked you. I had okay. spoken. That's me. Right. I had spoken to you about coming on the podcast. Correct. Right. 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 Okay. It was me. I live in the hood here. Uh, I'm in the North Jersey hood. In where a positive are you in- North Arlington, the land of the endless summertime. Oh, Queen of Peace, man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I did 13 years of Queen of Peace. Then you must know Fred. Do you know Fred Delano? No. He's the Zapala King in New Jersey. He does all the Zapalas at most of the feasts. Oh, does he really? Yeah. Well, what's you know what? This is what happens. The podcast is done and we don't even tape. That would have been fantastic. That would have been a fantastic opening. I'm going to keep my mouth shut now. All right, go ahead. (laughs) See that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to another episode of the Italian-American Podcast. Buon anno. Happy New Year from all of us here at the Italian-American Podcast. Great to be back. It is 2023. It's not technically 2023 as we record this, but uh, it'll be 2023. If we get there. If we make it. By the time you hear it. it. Yep. Spit, spit. Uh, By the time you hear this, it should be 2023. We hope everybody has had a very, very peaceful and calm and... uh, enjoyable and fulfilling holiday season. Pat and I, we got a lot coming up in the next couple of weeks, but Pat, we haven't spoken since the holiday. So, so Buon Natale, Buon Anno. Uh, how was the holiday? I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, so that's, so uh, that's about what I expect it. from you. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, I made another year. Let me tell you, I feel like you this year. I had Malokia Christmas. It was probably the worst. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I got Malokia. I know. I, I know I got Malokia. Some people think this is stick. We really do believe this stuff. No, no, this is real. We, this we, is real. we live it. We live it. We live the life. I was thinking about this the entirety of my my holiday. I, uh, you know, because I do the cooking, but we usually do it at my mom's. So I said to my mom and my wife and my mother in law, "Listen, guys, let's make this easy on me. God forbid, and we'll do it in my house, my new house. I'm 15 minutes from my mom, 15 minutes from her mom, and just let both sides of the family come here." We used to do, I would cook in the afternoon, and we'd eat a little early. And then when we were done with, you know, three days of cooking, and then I'd get dressed and go to my in-law's house for a second round of fish and be there till midnight. So, you know, I figured it was easy to combine. And uh, my mother-in-law didn't love the idea. My mother didn't love the idea. Half my family, who got sick, who had colds, who's got a new baby. So we went from 40-something people to, like, 20. Then people kept dropping like flies. Then my grandparents, who were in their mid to late 80s, they came down. Yeah, it's a two-hour trip for them. It's a lot. My grandmother got sick, so she was sick in bed all night. My mother was taking care of it. Yeah, it was Pat. I'm telling you, the first plate of bacala salad came out, and I said to everybody, listen, next year, go back to whatever you guys wanted it to be. Just take the eye off me. I'll cook. I won't complain. Nah, it wasn't them. It was it was an outside. It was the new house, right? And maybe, maybe. Yeah, guess, it's maybe a new it house. Someone zapped you on the new house. I don't know. Uh, right, the was, first holiday in the new house, you got zapped. Correct. Oh, mom, mommy, it was brutal. It correct. was brutal. You got yeah. zapped. You got so, zapped. I'm not doing that again. I'll give everybody the holiday they want. I'll go anywhere to cook. Yeah. No, I mean, it, you know, you got zapped. Jealousy is a terrible thing. <laughs> Have spoon will travel. My aunt used to say, it goes a brutal jealousy. Oh, man. It's the truth. Let me tell you, it was, what a holiday. But I, I made it out. I survived, you know. 
Do you want to hear a bizarre thing that happened to me? Yeah. Because my whole life is bizarre. Yeah, of course. Do you know there was a Gabby Doan shortage? Yeah, what happened? I'm Anthony, not making brother this Anthony up. Anthony told me. No, it's just, I, I, I believe this. It's a Gabby Doan shortage. I went to the first guy who I usually get the fish from doesn't take orders anymore because the word on the street is he got stiffed during COVID and a lot of people called up and made orders and they never picked them up and he wound up with a lot of fish he couldn't sell. Wow. So now you had to go for the wrestling match to get it. Now, I went on Thursday. Now, you usually go to Newark, right? That was your, that was yeah, I usually go to, uh, yeah, I usually go to Newark. There was a guy here. I've meandered as people have closed and moved on and stuff like that. So I've been a fish-buying gypsy for many years. <laughs> right. But I had one guy that I went to, and I went on Tuesday, and he's like, I'm not taking orders, yada, yada. He's like, but be here. I open at 8 o'clock on Thursday. If you're in the parking lot by 730, I will have Gabby Doan and you will have the first crack at Gabby Doan, right? So I wake up 5 o'clock in the morning, shower, shave, go up there, 730. You know how cold it was that week? Oh, had to be brutal. It was horrible. I'm sitting there. I'm waiting. There was already Italian people there before me. Wow. So when did they get there? At 6? Yeah. Right? And you know, the Italians that go early are a vicious crowd. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Right. That's the elbowing crowd. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So now the pandemical things coming back or whatever, they had a two person, and the store is very small. I should say that. They had a two person limit on who could be in the store. So we were all lined up outside at 38,000 below Fahrenheit degree weather. Right. So we're outside waiting for this. I go inside and there's no Gabby Dome. Oh, man. Then I guess the gentleman who runs the place had told me that he had to get different help because two people were sick and all that. So you can tell very quickly the people who are not trained in that business. The fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like if you ask Cousin Tony to help out, he has no idea what he's doing, right? Yeah. It's kind of. Right? I mean, so it, it, it makes it worse. It makes it more compounded. You, you spot a flounder versus a bronzino out there on ice. I mean, it's not easy. It's not, you know. It's not easy. So I asked the guy, I wanted soaked bacala. And I like the pre-soaked bacala because bacala, you can not you could soak it too much and make it not uh, take all the saltiness out of it. I agree. Uh, yeah. Not soak it enough, and then it becomes too salty. Yeah. Have a piece that some parts are big, some parts are small, and they're difficult to soak. So the guy did not give me the soaked bacala. He gave me a hard piece of bacala. So there's no gabidon, and I didn't realize. He goes, this? I, oh, I, I, no. So I go home. With a salted piece of bacala unsoaked, and that was a that was a, the first guillotine that dropped on my head, right? Now you don't have time to soak that, right? It's no, we did, we did. I mean, you could do oh, it. You went Thursday. Yeah. yeah, we could do it. I mean, one of the big pieces came out a little salty. Anyway, I have a backup bacala. You know they sell it at Costco now. They do. So we took out my because you know I have emergency foodstuffs for all kinds of things. Of course like you that. do. Yeah. So we we soaked I'm simultaneously. You didn't have a frozen got be done. Um, I've done stuff like that in the past. Yeah, me too. Like two gabidon, a two gabidon Christmas, a, a spare gabidon on the side. So we soaked them simultaneously to make sure that we had the adequate. So I had a lot of bacala. But then I went to Newark. Newark said we hadn't had, they hadn't had gabidon. Now they had anguil. Anguil are the thin eels. Yeah. But you got to barbecue them. You can't fry an anguil. They're very, even though they're the boy and the girl of the, of the eel family, they function very differently. So I had to wind up going to Arthur Avenue in the Bronx. And there was Gabby Dones galore. Yeah. There was EL coming out the wazoo. Yeah. But, you, you know, I go to the Bronx, which is always such a, a wonderful time, having no parking, people beeping their horns. Oh, it's a zoo for Christmas. It's worse than it's a zoo. Yeah. And I have a guy behind. Should I tell this story? Yeah, you want to tell this story. So 
You know how tight those streets are. Yeah, sure. It's one lane. And it's a guy in front of me. And all the people, you know, you all rip on the Jersey people. The Westchester people all come out of the mountains on that day. Yes. Right? Yes. So there's a guy in front of me from, I'm going to assume he's from Westchester, okay, who could not handle the tight street. And he was waiting for a space. Now, I was impeded from bypassing him because it would have resulted in me scratching my car. Sure. So like, like a product of 21 years of Catholic education, which is a real number, I sat there obediently waiting for the guy to move. Because what am I going to do? Try to pass him, knock out my rear view window, knock out his rear Even I put the rear view windows in. No, you can't just get aggravated. Some animal behind me, beep the horn, beep the horn. Yeah. Then he comes out and he starts screaming at me and tells me to go F myself and go back to Jersey. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not lying. Merry Christmas. And he and but um, what a, what a Bronx welcome, really. Let me tell you, Arthur Avenue, amazing little Italy. You really can get everything. I mean, there's not many places around where you can go on four or five blocks. We've been there with the greetings for Italian America. I lived there. You and I've been there a million times. It really is amazing. It's uber convenient. It's uber convenient. Even if it's better than amazing, it's convenient. Yeah, because you know you go there and whatever you want, you can get. But it's a parking is a disaster. Yeah, for those two three days, I mean, I went on the Friday on the twenty third, like my family always does. Me, my brother, my cousin, my dad came. It was a zoo. I mean, I've seen years where certain stores, you know, you're going to have a line, but I saw lines at stores that I definitely didn't. I mean, I saw lines at the souvenir and novelty store. It was. Absolutely incredible the amount of people that came out. And, you know, we thank God we were able to get the Gabi Don. Although I think after cooking it, I think I actually got an Anguilla that was slipped in there by accident because it felt very different. I didn't pick it out. My cousin and my dad picked it out. So I only saw it when I took it out of the bag. And it felt very different when I was preparing it. It was like a different, it just, uh, something was very different. But it came out great. And But did. were you a Gabi Don family? Huge Gabi Don family. Oh, you were a Gabi Don family. Huge. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal for us. And some, some years when we have 40, 50 people, we have two of them. But this year, obviously, with, you know, a reduced crowd, we got away with one. But, uh, yeah. I could finish off one myself. Oh, me too. my favorite. My absolute favorite. And then, of course, you know, like, you go to the bread store, you go to the bakeries, the pastry shops, this, that. I mean, we, we ran through everything. The fruit guys, obviously, Boyano Brothers, uh they had Garduna this year, which was great. That was awesome because sometimes it's it's gone by now. Is that a real? Because I always I, my Sicilian questions are always somebody peeking in through some to through the window. Yeah, is that really a big part of your? Is it just like you make them for holidays, or you make Garduna is like a real Christmas? No, it's a big part of our holidays. But it's every holiday, Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve for us. Once the winter and fall is gone. Yeah. You have to ask not. your grandfather a question for me. Did he have Garduna as a kid on Christmas Eve? Yes, I know that for a fact. Yeah. Oh, he did. He, oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. It's really, it's really the only vegetable other than what's in like the bacala salad and stuff. It's not a vegetable heavy meal for us, but that's always there. And can I so give you my my Garduna wrap up story? Yeah. I mean, we never ate Garduna, right? That's not who we are, right? That was not part of our uh, gastronomic tradition. But I love fried things. Right? I love to eat. Period. So I was in Lodi one time and I saw maybe it was a Vicentini person at the time. They had a huge thing of Gardoons. So I bought them and um, my mother's cousin married Sicilian. So I brought them home and my mother, I said to my mom, I said, Ma, why don't we fry these? So my mother called her cousin and had her make the Garduna. Anyway, my mother went to bite one when she was frying them and she didn't adequately, you know how you have to skin off those scales? Not scales. I yeah. Thought, oh, I don't know. The, the, the spines. The spines. 
Yeah. My, and my mother was home alone. She almost choked to death on that cartoon. <laughs> no, it, she said it's you, the closest yeah. in her whole life she ever came to show And she's cursing me on her head. The preparation and, 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 of the, and, and choking, blaming me why I had to bring this thing home to kill her. It's a lot of work. You got to peel every single spine out. And like, I'm, I'm usually my grandmother's in town. She does it. My grandfather does it. But I was alone this year. So I'm like holding them up to the window to see the transparency of the uh, Garduna to see if I got everything. I, a couple of them I missed. And once you bite into it, you need a scissor to take it apart. We've talked many times about creating a coat of arms for you. Yeah. You should have violets for viola growing out of a Garduna. <laughs> That's right, true. That I, might be a. I, uh, it's a big deal for me, Garduna. I, I take it very seriously. I do. I mean, it's very. It's very. I, I have found Campania recipes for Garduna, but they're never fried. They're always like cooked with potatoes in the soup. Yes, au gratin. You can do it. There's. I mean, it's nice au gratin, but for us, it's just fried. Do they grow wild in Sicily? They must. They must. I. I, I mean. Yeah, they must. They're they're Jurassic. Can they're, you imagine there's someone who's been listening to us for twenty minutes discuss this? <laughs> but this is the holiday. But These this is called cool. this is like a New Jersey shop right online conversation. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Yeah. Waiting That's online true. conversation. How do true. you find your God donors? There's I, somebody I, who lives in like Oklahoma right now or Nebraska, but this is a very New Jersey conversation. This is a waiting online and shop right conversation. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because you know, Garduna are not readily available it's usually an ethnic uh fruit vendor or a grocery store in a, in a heavily italian neighborhood if you're lucky and one of the beautiful things about the guests that we're bringing on today is they have actually there are two generations of an italian american family who's taken these kind of traditions the way we eat the things that make our holidays and feasts what they are and they've worked for decades now to not only move the business forward but to make these things available all over the world and I'm getting at what I think of as a very signature piece, not only to Christmas, because it's something that I know many of us are adamant has to be on the dessert table every Christmas. Uh, it certainly is in my family, but also our summer feasts where you see that beautiful, sticky block of white nougat that we know as Torone. And Anne-Marie and Tony Andriola of ToroniCandy.com are here, having spent decades in not only the Tironi business now, but in the feast business. So I'm really, really thrilled that we get to talk about this tradition and what it means to take it to the next level and take it around the world with a two-generation family business. That's one of my favorite things in the world. So to both of the Andreolas, welcome to the Italian American Podcast. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here and happy to talk about Tironi. So tell us a little bit. You got Tony, the business really starts with you. You started running food stands in feasts, right, in New Jersey? Right. Back in the mid-70s, I started with a, a seafood stand. We had clams, congeal, calamari, and then we switched over to uh, the sausage and peppers later on in the 80s. And then the opportunity ar arose to buy a Taroni stand from a gentleman who was retiring. So I took the plunge. And... Uh, a lot of people thought I was crazy because the Taroni business was kind of like on the way out. There weren't a lot of people shopping for Taroni the way they used to in the past. I mean, the old time Italians would come, they would buy a pound, two pounds, three pounds of Taroni and take it home. Now you saw that the, the younger generation, they wanted a smaller piece. They wanted to taste it. They wanted to keep the tradition, but they weren't going in there to buy a lot of Taroni. 
And the only tyranny that was available at the feast at that time was the tyranny coming out of Ferrara's pastry shop. Ferrara was making it on Grand Street, and you know, Mulberry and Grand. Yeah. And um, they had the old machines from probably the early 1900s. Wow. And at one point in the late 80s, the machines broke down and they had no way to fix them. Wow. So we said that scrambled to see where we could get the candy. So one time I went to Italy when Amory was uh, studying in Florence and I took a sabbatical from teaching. I was a teacher for many years and uh, I drove through Italy and I was in the Avellino area and uh, was going up the mountain. I don't know if you're familiar with Montevergine. Uh, the ch- yeah, the church of course. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I was driving up that mountain, which is forever. And uh, there were tons of Tironi companies along the mountain. And I, I stopped at one and uh, they were very nice. I speak a little Italian and uh, we made a deal for him to sell me Tironi and ship it to the United States. And then we started selling a variety of Tironi from him and the business picked up and people were responsive to it. It's an interesting thing to think about because, you know, if you grew up like us and you go to these feasts like San Gennaro or the Giglio or wherever you are, you think of that little booth with the big blocks of Tironi and, and you know, you're talking about old-time customers who used to come basically, right, and buy a supply until they were going to see you again. And, you know, a couple correct. pounds, yeah, you chip it off all year. And now we're in the sort of snacking generations and it's uh, something to eat at the feast, maybe not take home. Oh, but screw am- that. I'm so <laughs> sick of this. Ah, really? I, I'm sick of all the. You gotta die from something. They're all number one. They're cheap. They're not worried about being healthy. Let's cut this right out. Because I've seen these people and their stand for thirty years, whatever old I am, forty years. And if I was them, I would take a block of Tudon and hit these people over the head <laughs> because they're you loaded. Come to with... that once in a while, once in a while, I thought the same way. I beat them. I would take that Tudon. So it's not that. Let's let's clear the air. And if the two of you think I'm incorrect, please indicate so. I'm not going to say you're incorrect. They're all cheap. <laughs> a lot of them are cheap, and they walk. Now, number one, their grandparents were surviving on a union pension, Social Security, right? They went to the stand. They bought, all oh, five pounds of Tarona, a pound for Marie, a pound for Conchette, a pound for this one. They're great-grandchildren. They go to their stand, and they start asking, um, how much is this a pound? And how much <laughs> do I get for a pound? And can I, can I taste that? Is that yes. hard? Is that a is that a gluten free? Is that organic? Is there gluten in that? I these people are not like oh we're just gonna have a little bit at the feast. They're cheap. They are cheap people. You also get people who come, husband and wife, or boyfriend girlfriend, and they say, "Don't get it now. We'll get it on the way home." They're gone. They're yeah. Not back. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. That's called. I don't want to tell you. I don't want to pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> I need. I need a saving face exit. <laughs> I try to do that whenever I go in a store and I'm shopping for Nicole. Like if I want to, have, you know, Christmas shopping, birthday, and I ask the price and it's way over my budget. My next question is always, "And are you open tomorrow? What time do you open tomorrow?" Just so I, you know, I really got to think about it. I, you know, if I look at other stuff. It's you know, sometimes you just you don't. But they know everybody. Well, everybody they know you're not coming back and you're looking for a nice out. Yeah. Like why do we all lie to each other? Let's just say you know. Oh, can I tell you the best one? I was looking at you. I never, ever, this God's honest truth, I never prep for any guest that we have on. 
because I like the Larry King approach. You just kind of ride with it because the best questions you're asked online. You're the first ones I read everything on. And then I went, because I've ordered from you in the past, right? So I go on the website and there's a woman from Alabama who's complaining about your Toronto was hard. <laughs> what did you expect? She's like, this is, she gave me like a zero rating. What did you expect? People don't know. I mean, yeah, but that's, people don't know. But, but there's hard Toronto. But if you go on a Toronto website, what did you expect to get? No, I think you're wrong, Pat. I think people don't know. I think, well, then, I, then think today, I can't help them. Then you know no, what? I live you in cannot a cave. help them. Let me go back no, to my cave. You are far better authority on these things than a lot of people, I'm sure. I think people just don't know because they are so ingrained with what they were brought up with and what that was in their family. So in my family, like we had hard Tyrone. That was the Tyrone we had. But a lot of people just have soft and they had no idea that there was a hard Tyrone. But where was this soft Tyrone? You and I come from the same right? We're North Jersey people. My entire life, it was like a, it was like when the internet came out, Soft Toronto. I never remember Soft Toronto. No. I only remember the hard block. The only time there was Soft Toronto was when they bought it in the Ferrara little boxes, you know, from Yes, which came from Italy and La Fiorentina with the little box. Right. With the little right. with the little wrapper, correct. With the pictures of the people on there who we don't even know who they are, but yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, but that's the, what makes that's it look the soft fancy. Tyrone. The, yeah, the, the pictures of the people that has to match the plastic covered furniture that you put it out <laughs> in the parlor. Nobody <laughs> eats it. It's that, right, that's called right. show Tyrone. That's, that's show Tyrone. <laughs> you don't eat that. That's too pretty to eat. Well, you you made a very good point before about the old timers who came and they bought five pounds, ten pounds. They would come early. As soon as they got off the bus and got to the feast, they would come to the stand. They would do their shopping. They would come with empty shopping bags. We'd fill the bags with their stuff that they bought. They pay. We put their name on it. And on the Taroni stand, I don't know if you noticed it, the bottom is all storage. That's where we put their packages so that when they leave the feast, they come back, they say, give me Marie's package, and they take it to the bus. And now you have the hipster. Now you have Brad. Brad now we know. 20 minutes of your life asking you, um, what's that white block? Um, is that cheese? Right. Is that cheese? Is that ice cream? How come it's not melting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's part of it, though. You have to do that. You have to. Because you've, John, volunteer at one feast with them, and then you're going to understand it. Oh, I'm sure. Just it's... say it... just one thing. When Brad comes up, because I can only imagine a Williamsburg hipster asking about Tyrone. That must be your nightmares. When you wake up screaming in the middle of the night, it must be a nightmare. PTSD from a Williamsburg hipster asking, what is that? Is that ice cream? Is that Terry? I can only imagine. Uh, and with the, you know the hazelnuts that we have hanging on the stand? Yeah, yeah, with the, on the string. Yeah, they, they call in Campania, they call them Andrit. Uh, that's, a, I guess, a dialect term for the, the nuts on the string. You have no idea how many people walk up and think it's garlic. Oh, my God. Garlic, wow. That's oh. a, there's a learning curve there. That's a, But, I mean, this is a big part of why your business has evolved, right? Amory... Tell us a little bit about the decision to take this online because it's not an easy decision to make. It's a unique product, right? But to the point, the feasts, uh, while still in many places booming, they're a much more diverse crowd than they've ever been. A lot of these feasts have become synonymous with the cities that they occur in. So it's an audience that's not necessarily just neighborhood Italians doing their shopping. What made you guys move online and how did you do it and, and how did it turn out versus what you expected? 
Uh, so in, I think it was 2005, 2006, I moved up to Vermont. And one of the first things that I noticed when I got here was that I could not get anything that I grew up with. The mutts, the prosciutto, the bread that I was used to, everything. Um, while you could find it maybe in little pockets, it just wasn't here. And so my dad would bring up coolers full of food from Arthur Avenue. And I just kept thinking about like, wait a second, we have this product. That, well, the one thing that I have in my, my house is turone. This is what we have. This is what we carry. And we can bring this to everyone in Vermont and everyone all over the United States that doesn't have a little Italy anymore. You know, there used to be a little Italy in Burlington, Vermont, and it's no longer here. But we have this. We can get this online. We can do this. And we put it up there not knowing anyone would buy Tarone on the internet. I mean, at that time, there weren't many food stores online. There wasn't a lot of um, Italian American food products that you could buy online. And so we tried it and it took off. It was a hit. And we sold Tarone year round for the people who were looking for it at Christmas. We were able to bring it from the feast to the people who couldn't get to the feast. And people who wanted it for weddings. And people who want it for weddings as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. I didn't think about that. Yep. So the toroncini, the little the little pieces of bite-sized torone, people order that for weddings and, and showers and favors for their retirement party. No, it's, a, it's interesting. It's funny. My, uh, one of my wife's friends got married recently, and she called us up in a panic because the place that we all go to for our confetti for the weddings, our, our sugared almonds, um, their business has evolved and they now do, you know, so much other business that they don't do the service where they wrap the almonds in like the lace mm. anymore and, you know, prepare them for you. Mm -hmm. And nobody could find where to do it and everybody was in a panic. And you think to yourself, you know, you a lot of the time when you shop for these things, particularly stuff that's driven by the feast or the holidays or a wedding, it's once a year or once every few years. So you don't see the changes and trends in a store that you're you take for granted will be there and, and do this kind of stuff or sell this kind of stuff and then you show up and it's not there and it's uh it's jarring so the idea that you've got an online venue for this kind of stuff it's got to be a great comfort to people i know you have a lot of customers from around the country uh all different parts of the world tell us a little bit about some of the extremes that you guys have ended up delivering toroni and, and other treats to yeah so one one of my favorite memories of selling Tony is um, once a grandma called me up and told me that her grandson was stationed on a Navy ship in the Pacific. And could we send a five pound block of hard Torone to the ship? <laughs> and so that's some Nona. <laughs> yes. So I was like, okay, well, all right, we're going to send it to the APO box. I don't know if it's going to get there in time for Christmas, but we'll, we'll try, we'll try and get it there. So we packed it up, we shipped it, and she called me back after Christmas and said her grandson got it in time, and he had so much fun chopping it up on the ship and telling his shipmates what it was and explaining the hard torone and the connection to his family back in Italy. And so like just hearing stories like that and just knowing that we are a small part of keeping people connected to their heritage and to their families, it's just wonderful. It's humbling, and we're so thankful that we can do that. What's the uh, you guys ship out of where? Jersey or Vermont? I ship out of Vermont. 
What's the furthest you've ever shipped the product? Hawaii? Alaska. I think, well, we shipped to Hawaii, wow. but I think Alaska might be the furthest. So somebody once said that their tiny mail plane delivered uh, our package of Torone to their small community up in rural Alaska. So to wow. hear that, I mean, there's Italian Americans all over and to be part of that, that bridge yeah. between them and Italy and them and their past Christmases. It's just, it's really great. And it's really fulfilling. Oh, it's gotta be amazing. It's gotta be unbelievable. I mean, that's the idea that, you know, we as a community have spread now throughout the country. Most of us, I would assume don't live in heavy concentrations anymore. And if we do, maybe the places that we shopped aren't there. Just the idea that you can go online and, uh, and have access to those familiar things because, you know, taste and smell, they're the best keepers of memory scientifically, right? Those are things that bring you back mm -hmm. to the deepest and most, um, most detailed memories. So to be able to provide that, there's something uh, I'm sure very fulfilling about that. You know, we, try, we see ourselves, we try to brand ourselves as the NPR of Italian-American podcasts. How accurate that is, is up for debate. But I found that we, we've morphed into, or we are by our very, our very nature, educational on the show. And I think for the people that don't know, what has shocked me through this whole process, for, you know, all the episodes that we've done is, because I kind of grew up in Soprano land, which I guess is the best way to describe where I'm from, I knew what these things were. And there are many people who don't know what these things are. Have you considered doing like an online tutorial about how to break a hard, like a YouTube video? How do you break a hard piece of Tarona? Because when I read that lady from Alabama, I wanted to say, but lady, I can show you how to do it. Like, why didn't you ask? I do have a YouTube channel. Don't you have that up there, Marie? I, I don't have a YouTube channel, but that's a good point. There is a quick video on our Instagram um, right now of us chopping the Tironi, but I think I should definitely take your suggestion and do something. Maybe I'll get on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, I found this, there's so many people. I've been moved by the, the many people, and John can tell you this, who ask us questions, and we can answer those questions. Because we have a lot of listeners who are either geographically removed from an Italian community. There may be one-eighth Italian or one-sixteenth Italian, and they're, they're fascinated by the Italian part of their ancestry, but they didn't have the surroundings or the, the amount of Italian people around them teach these things. I just think that because I was going through your Tarone last night, and I was thinking to myself, okay, like, well, number one, Piemonte is known for Tarone. Yes. And Avellino's, Ospedaletto, part of Avellino is known for Tarone. I know that you know that so many people don't, right? That's right. Um, that lady in Alabama should have called you up before she went online repping on the Tyrone, and you would have told her how to break the Tyrone. Because right now you you have a lot of customers who are like me. I always feel I'm like the last Mohican, a child of 1975 who saw the end of a lot of these things as far as them being community a communally shared knowledge. Have you thought of being able to like, educate people saying, okay, here's a video. This is hard to own. This is soft to own. This is thrown from Piemonte. That's what this is like. This is thrown from Avellino. This is the difference. This is how this works. Have you thought about that? Because I think so many of the people that we brought on have a tremendous opportunity to educate the community on what they do and what they have. I think that's a great point. I think um, 
Yeah, I think it's a I think it was a good platform to get that information out there and to educate the people who may not know the difference between the types of taroni from different parts of Italy and how to cut it and the difference between hard and soft that it may be a great platform to educate people on that, whether I could do it through blogs or a YouTube account or Instagram. Um, I think you make make a great point. People want these traditions, and and they and they mean really well in trying to reaccess them. And it's a great thing to encourage. It's our job to say, hey, if it's not clear, here's the way to do it. You just grow your audience, and you grow your customer base, and you and you grow the culture that way. Let me ask a question: How have you seen the business change from when you guys started, and how have you seen fees change over the same period of years? Oh, tremendous change, Patrick. Uh, when I started the Taroni business in uh, the late 80s, we still had that immigrant Italian person who would come to the feast and, like you said, would buy the pound, two pounds, three pounds of Taroni and plus the cookies and everything else. And that's changed considerably. We would, we would do 30, 40 feasts a summer from Boston to Delaware. And as of last year, and not because of COVID, we were down to about 10 festivals that were worth going to where there were people who would buy the Taroni. Yes, they go, they buy the Zaples, they buy the sausage sandwich, but the Taroni was going out the window. Mm. That was another reason we started the, the website, because uh, we were reaching people who might have come to the feast, but weren't coming to the feast anymore, and now they can buy it from their home. And that helped the business continue. But the festival feast business, a lot of the old time volunteers aren't there to help the church out anymore. And um, they're on a decline. Some of them are still strong. The Boston feast is still strong. St. Anthony's and... Uh, they're phenomenal. We're friends with so many of them. Oh, St. Anthony's is a phenomenal... I, I, I'd go up there even if I wasn't making money. <laughs> because <laughs> Christian Guarino and all those guys are phenomenal. Jason and Jeannie, and, they're phenomenal human beings. And Joe, Joe, they're all great guys up there. And they welcome you and they do anything for you. That's the difference with the feast. Just let me say this. When we would go to the Boston Feast, we would pull up with the trailer. And naturally, you're going to be in front of some guy's house for three or four days. And a lot of people don't like that. that you make a mess or whatever, the smells of the feast or whatever. And the population was changing. They weren't welcome. But in Boston, you pulled up with the trailer. Before you got out of the trailer, the guy behind where you were going to park the car was out there with an eggplant sandwich and a beer <laughs> saying, hi, it's good to see you again. Yeah, I I've yet to go to a feast in Boston, but I I continually hear they're really the best in America. We have nothing on them. Nothing. Yeah. The New York, New Jersey area has this arrogance, like it's the center of the world, right, of the Italian American world. We can't tie their shoes up there. Do you think that the if the feast business is, is let's say in decline, uh, at least for Taroni, ha have you seen over all these years that you've been doing it what? You said 2005, so you've been doing almost 20 years. Have you seen an increase in the business online? Yes, absolutely. Tell us about that. So when we started it, um, we were just selling maybe Oliviero, Taroni, and um, Ferrara. And now we've been able to branch out into so many different types of Taroni and uh, Taroni companies from all over Italy. 
And that's because people have found us online. They are comfortable buying online and they can do it from the comfort of their home. And I think what's happening is that as it gets passed down through the generations where you had grandma who would go to the feast in the summer and buy the five pounds and keep it till Christmas or so, now you're having the daughter or the granddaughter who's hosting Christmas, they're going online and they're able to find it and buy it. And as we reach more and more customers throughout the US, I think people are happy that they're able to access Tironi for the holidays. Are you getting a lot of non-Italians who come in and look for this stuff? Yes. So, (laughs) yep, absolutely. So, I mean, I can just tell um, in my community up in Vermont, we have a very vibrant Italian Cultural Association, Vika, up here. But um, I can just tell that people in Vermont are starting to order that have no background or no Italian heritage, and they are really enjoying the candy. They think of it as a nougat. Um, that's how they approach it, and which is totally fine. It, I, that's what it is. It's a, it's a nougat, and our word for it is torone. And it's a very accessible candy. It's a taste that people love. There's a sweetness to it. Um, it's honey-based. Um, some of it is sugar syrup-based. But it's a very approachable candy that everyone can enjoy. You know, you, you point out that it's a nougat. Let's talk a little bit scientifically here about Doroni for a minute, because... I was looking on your website earlier before we came on. In my family, we make what we call torone is the um, boiled sugar with almonds. With the almonds? Yeah, and you guys uh, sell that, but it's called, uh, what's it called? Cro- it's called crocante. Crocante. But a lot of people call it torone. A lot of people come to the stand from certain parts of uh, Italy, and they they use the term torone for it. That, yeah, that's that's how we always ate it. But, but I of course, I know the but I'd say white Taroni from the feast. What is nougat? Why is some of it fluffy, some of it hard? You know, what what's in this? You want to take that, Anne-Marie? Okay. <laughs> um, so it's a base of egg whites, um, honey, and almonds. And it's mixed together. And the difference between the hard and the soft is how long it's cooked. So if for a soft Taroni, you're going to cook it no more than three hours tops. And then for a harder taroni, it can be cooked up to 10 hours. Wow. And that's what's making um, the difference between the hard and the soft taroni. But it's mainly a, a base of egg whites and honey and nuts. And then we, when you go out to the different towns and the different regions, everyone has a different version, just like any anything in Italy. Like it, it changes from town to town. Right. And um, so you may have in Abruzzo, they like chocolate. Torone. So it's a soft chocolate torone with cocoa in it. If you get down to Sicily, I find that it gets sweeter and softer. Pistachios. Yeah, pistachios. Um, if you're going to the Piedmont area, they have the IGP hazelnuts. Um, so it's different in each region, but the base is always egg whites, honey, or sugar syrup, and nuts. Before you guys started importing it from Italy, which was the first time that you know imported italian torone was at the feasts what was the italian american standard almonds the italian american standard was almonds and basically all you had was those 20 25 pound blocks the ones you see on mulberry street during san Gennaro. the those blocks of torone and some boxes of ferrara in the little 
you know, the pre-wrap Torrentini, the little boxes. Yeah. And that was it. Wow. And uh, that was it. That was it. It brings back. So the more you talk, the more memories come back. That was it. Yeah. The, the old time Taroni stands, when you think about it, they had that Taroni. Some of them may have had a few biscotti, but not many. But they certainly had the chechi and the pistachios and uh, and the different kinds of nuts, the nuts on the string. And uh, toys, inflates. Uh, yes, the toys are all gone. That was a big part of the Taroni business, yes. the toys. When grandma came up with the little kid and the, the grandson was crying, if it cost $3 and the kid was crying, the price went up to 5 <laughs> <laughs> that, That's the Italian way. <laughs> so it's, what do they call that? Uh, market reactive pricing? I think that's yeah, what maybe they that, call that it. might be. Yeah. They used to have the inflatable, they were like balls. They were I airplanes. Yeah. But what about the horns? Remember the, the horns? Oh, the horns, yeah, my favorite. Horns yeah. Was, but the horns yeah. was a serious conversation. Like somebody's getting a car, we better buy them a horn. Oh, you mean those kind of horns? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. a serious. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I thought you were talking about the the play horn. The the. Oh, the horn horns. I was talking yeah, about the play horns. Horn. About the Maloike. It's we saw yeah, both no. of them. <laughs> Pat, we should do that at our fee stand this year with the new shop because you know we get we get access to a stand, right? We get because we have the property on the corner, we get a right to do a stand. We should do all the you know b- back from the old days stuff that doesn't. As long as John Napoli works it, I'm on board. John's in. Don't worry. John knows. John is a feast booth expert. Because I I couldn't. I don't have the patience that these people have. No, God bless him. He's is that amazing. is that dairy free? I couldn't do it, John. <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm talking about toys. I'm not talking about food. Toys. That might be easier. Is that made from ethical workers? Was that an ethical? <laughs> you know the ethical. It was that an. I mean, I hope it was ethically made. I don't know if it was ethically made. We could stop here, say a little prayer, hope it is. I don't know. I can't help you. Do you know my favorite? My favorite feast memory as a kid had to be, had to be the late eighties, and you know they have the scratch off tickets where you get like you know cherry cherry yes, cherry yes yes two dollars. So bar 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 was the grand prize was twenty five dollars. And I, my dad bought us all a bunch of tickets. Was three boys, we were screaming the entire feast. It was with my dad and my aunt Lucille, and uh, we went up to see my great aunt, my aunt Rosie, who was like the matriarch of our family. She was in like her late nineties, my grandmother's sister, and she still lived in the house. So we went up to see her, and everybody's you know talking to her, and I'm still scratching off tickets, and I hit bar, 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 and I that was a twenty five dollar prize. Nobody could believe it. We went back to the booth, and the guy didn't want to pay me because he didn't believe there was a bar 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 and that he was so frustrated <laughs> so finally we convinced him and he paid me like in the change that he had, yeah. quarter. I had so i went took my quarters a bag of quarters that he gave me and i bought a horn and i bought a little piggy bank and i walked around that feast like i had just won the mega billions lotto whatever it is now you know 200 gazillion dollars i was like the king of the feast for the, I was like seven or eight years old i it was the happiest feast of my life i was so thrilled and that, that's the beauty of these events you know yep yeah do you know my brother wanted to be you one Halloween? That's true. I forgot the tr- story. Uh, so that's true. I, once I got a, a license in 1992, it gave us a lot more mobility, right? So going back, going from North Arlington to Jersey City or Hoboken is geographically very, uh, very close. But without a car, it's it's not doable. So then I would be able to go to Jersey City or Hoboken all the time and, and bring stuff home to my grandmother. So I remember the first time that I drove out to St. Anne's on my own. And that had to be the summer of 93, 92. And I remember Renzo Arbore's L'Orchestra Italiana album had just come out. Good album. Yeah, and I remember getting that CD and getting a block of your Turon 
and bringing it home. And my grandmother was so excited. And the, the Renzo Labre CD really was revolutionary, kind of remaking Neapolitan music. And playing for my grandmother's CD and then putting your throne in a plastic, like Ziploc kind of bag, wrapping it up in towels, dish towels, and then banging it in the garage on the concrete floor with a ball, <laughs> uh, a ball what was that, ball peen? What did they call those? Ball peen yeah, hammer. Yeah, 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 hammer. And it was like Christmas. And whenever I hear Renzo Arbade's music, I swear to God, the taste of Tyrone always comes back to my mouth because the first time I played the album was I was able to go by the Tyrone on my own. And my brother would come to the feast and see you cutting Tyrone. And my brother said to my mother one year, I want to be a Tyrone cutter for Halloween. I swear to God, I'm not. Because there's 13 <laughs> years between my brother and I. So he's like a six, seven-year-old kid. And like, how do you dress a kid up as a Tyrone cutter? You have to put a you have to put a lot of chips on them and they fall all over and you're underwear <laughs> with the hammer yeah. and the chisel. But that's why yeah. I said it had so many, so many beautiful memories. And yeah, yeah, and, and but the but the good thing is like we say to John, like we're like guerrilla warfare, right? So if we lost the street war of being able to sell the Tyrone on the street as much as you want to, you can compensate with the internet. Yes, that's right. And the beauty of the internet is you could be in uh, Montana in your pajamas. We have a listener in Montana. I think there was a hundred degree Fahrenheit difference from the inside of her house to the outside of her house in the cold spell they just had. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you can sit in your bedroom, reading a book, watching TV and click, click, click on your phone, order all the Tyrone you want. That's the beauty. Uh, for all the negativity of the modern age that we kind of bellyache about, collectively the beautiful thing is you don't have to worry about getting stuff anymore well i'll tell you i'm about to make an order myself because i uh i won't name names but i was disappointed to find my most acholi cookies this year from a bakery that i've gone to a lot in the past happened to be made with uh hazelnuts in them and you know i look forward to most acholi at christmas so i was looking through your website today i see them on here i'm going to make my order can i jump in john to back you up on that yeah our guests today don't know, but I have a, a terrible, severe allergy to pine nuts. Uh-huh. So a pine nut will kill me. I could eat a truck full of almonds and a pine nut, I'm six feet under. So I was always afraid to get I was always afraid to get to it on. So I tried to make it at home on several times based on the Martha Stewart recipe. Yeah. Oh. People out there, don't do it. No. You can't <laughs> do it at home. I never had so many messes. I tried every Tyrone recipe. I said, I'm going to do it at home. You take the money and flush it down the toilet because it's not going to come out right. If you want Tyrone, I know there's a lot of people out there. You like to do it yourself, and that's beautiful. But this is the one time you don't want to do it for yourself because it ain't going to come out right. Go on Tyrone.com. If you want the Tyrone, that's where you have to go. Yeah, I, you're totally right about that. And TyroneCandy.com, you've got way more than Tyrone on here. You can get Tarali. You can get uh, Toroncini. You can get Biscotti. You can get uh, all different stuff. I'm going to get most of Trolley because... And you could buy your horns there, too. <laughs> oh, you got the you got the red horns. I see that. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you got... Yeah, you know what? To be honest with you, by the time... I just got a new car. Oh, you did, oh, you did get the car? Benedict? I did get a car. Yeah, I got an Italian uh, car because I, I like to drive Italian cars. My wife said I'm crazy because I've been driving my father-in-law's Subaru for six months and... Finally, the car came as a whole brudel of dealing with the Italians. But I got this car, and uh, I went to bed after the first night. And I said, it's so nice to drive an Italian car again. She said, you know, you're really whacked out because it means something to me. But my horn is missing. I cannot find my red horn, so I may have to add that to my order because I don't like driving my car without it. So No, I have to buy it. You can't buy it for yourself. Oh, that's uh, uh, that's true. Yeah, I hear yeah. that all the time at the feast. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. We always go through this. I'll put that on the to-do list. 
Now, many, <laughs> okay. many of you out there, if you want to support the Italian community, this is how you do it. You, you go out and you purchase stuff from people who are working very hard to keep this alive. Yeah, you're right about that. So we're having this on in January. Turon is not just for Christmas. Turon is not just for the summer. Turon is a gift that you can give all year long. Valentine's Day is coming. That's right. Why are you going to go out and go to get the drugstore box of chocolate that's full of all these chemicals that are not good for you, supporting Medigan people you don't even know, big corporations, when you can go out and support an Italian-American company and buy Turon. Buy that sweetheart. Buy the love of your life. Buy mom. Buy your kids. If Valentine's Day is coming, buy Turon. Easter is coming, buy Turon. A birthday is coming by Tyrone. Mother's Day is coming up by Tyrone. You want the feast experience, even though you live in Arizona next summer, by Tyrone. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna put. We're gonna have this. Uh, we're gonna have TyroneCandy.com linked from the show page on our site and uh, our social media. So it is a great gift idea. And you know, as we both discussed, it's something that brings us back to those wonderful memories and something amazing to introduce to the next generation. So to Anne Marie and Tony, thank you guys first and foremost for being here with us, and most importantly for all that you do to uh, to bring our culture forward and bring it to the next generation. That's really wonderful. Okay, and we'll see you at St. Anne's in July. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's my grandmother used to say if we're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. God spares. God spares. We'll see you there, and we hope all you out there who are in the tri-state area or coming in to visit will meet us in St. Anne's or at the many, many feasts that we frequent uh, that give us such great insight into where the Italian-American community is today. So we hope you've enjoyed this very sweet episode. You're going to go out and get some Taroni. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. If you want your life to be great, see that you're born an Italiano, and your life will be great. See that you're born an Italiano.